If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the One Cause Church podcast with Pastor Eric Holler. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Well, glad to be back home in the great state of Texas. But I do bring greetings from Harlem, the Bronx, and Chelsea Park, New York City. We had a, an incredible time. 19 of us went to New York and uh, joined up with our, our friends at New York City Relief who have been there for 23 years. I don't know if you heard in the video about the guy talking about the bread, but 20, I, they began this mission 23 years ago to help feed the homeless, and they were just looking through the Yellow Pages one day and decided just to call a bakery to see if they would help. 22 years ago, that bakery started helping, without question, have given them bread every day, four days a week, for 22 years. It's amazing. And to see that God's hand that's on this ministry and the people that they're, the level of ministry that goes on here. We've been supporting New York City Relief for many years. Um, I went to school with the founder's son at Christ for the Nations 20 years ago. And now he's the head of the ministry. His name is Juan Galloway. And some of you know who he is. And he'll be coming and and ministering. We try to get him here at least once a year. Uh, But we've been supporting them for all these years. And now we finally got to go see what we're supporting and go hands-on. And I was amazed at our young people, how they just unleashed the beast. I mean, these guys brought it. They were so bold and, and just so loving and accepting. I just watched them put their arms around these people and love them and pray for them. And uh, I mean, when that happens, you, can't, you don't ever recover from that. And I'm, a, I'm just glad to be part of a church where we're making opportunities like this happen for people's lives to be changed. Amen. Amen. So uh, I did ask Jonna to come and share a personal story of hers before we get into this morning's word. Let's welcome our great youth pastor, Jonna Allen. Well, um, I um, have never actually been on a missions trip quite like this. I've been to different countries, and um, it was a little kind of um, scary because all the poor people I'd ever talked to spoke a different language. And so if I was going to offend somebody, oh, she's just American, right? And so I didn't really know how this was going to um, really happen and, and just really connect with people. Um, and I don't know, I didn't know I had anything in common. But um, during one of our training sessions, um, Johanna, uh, she's Finnish, she was talking and she said, you know, if you just see the face of Jesus and the people on the streets, you will never meet a stranger. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, Jesus said, if you've done it unto the least of these, surely you've done it unto me. And so uh, we went out the next day, and I met a lady named Lisa. And Lisa, it was actually her first time to the bus. And um, at, um, in East Harlem, there's actually a methadone clinic right across the street. And for those of you who don't know, people who are, um, are on heroin who are trying to get off the government does um, methadone clinics. Um, but the thing with methadone clinics is that a doctor is paid per client. And so they actually have no incentive to bring people off methadone. And so people who um, were on heroin now on methadone have actually, some of them had, I met somebody who'd been on it for like 20 years. And they, um, and it is just this addiction, and um, it's this bondage that the people here are. And so they have to go to this clinic every day, and so they can't hold down jobs. They um, are on food stamps. And so this woman was there, and she came up, and um, I commented on her shoes because they were cute. And, and we got her some soup, and we sat down, and we just began to talk. 
And uh, as we would talk, she would fall, like, almost be falling asleep as we would talk and then just pop back up because of the methadone. But we'd keep talking. And, uh, you know, she didn't remember my name or, and, you know, we lost kind of where I was from. But the minute that I said, you know, you're very special and God loves you very much, she caught that. And her eyes began to well up and she said, no one's ever told me that. No one's ever told me that I'm loved. No one's ever told me that, I, that I'm special. And uh, you don't get that around here. And so I, um, she's kept on falling asleep. So I stuck one of our flyers into her bag. And I said, you need to come back. Every Friday, you come back. And, um, and we have, you know, tens of hundreds of stories just like that of people just never knowing. But they come to the bus and they know God loves them. Mm-hmm. So. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you. We'll, uh, we'll get all the hard stats of, of all of the accomplishments that took place, but we do know that we fed almost 4,500 people in those four days. Extraordinary. Prayed with over 400, and some received Christ. Some of them uh, got some help uh, for housing and getting off drugs. I mean, they, they, they did the whole, their, their, their ministry is not just feeding them. They helped get them off the streets, get them into a home, get them jobs, and get their lives in recovery. So, uh, Thank you for all of your prayers, and thank you for your support. Uh, we, are, we are so blessed, so blessed. I want all of our guys that went to stand up, all of you who went to, to New York. Hallelujah. Fantastic. Something really special happened yesterday. Was it yesterday or the day before? Kata and Katie, why don't y'all stand up? I'm just going to put you on the spot here. Uh, <clears throat> this guy finally came out of a coma <laughs> and asked this girl to marry him. So they are officially engaged. Yeah. Congratulations. Really happy for him. Who is it that has a 17th birthday? Huh? Caitlin. Where's Caitlin? There you are. Happy 16th, 17th. You're nodding your head at both. You take both of them? 17. Happy birthday to you. All right. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm glad to be home. Did my brother, did he do okay here? Is there any stuff? He preach any stuff I need to fix, need to correct? Huh? Yeah, I'm sure he did fine. First service kind of gave an overwhelming response that they liked him. I said, well, I'm not going to have him back then if you like him that much. When another preacher's here, you're supposed to miss your pastor, right? But if they're that good, or you're like, eh, it didn't matter if you're here or not. (laughs) Kind of works against me. (laughs) Hallelujah. Are you ready for the word this morning? Oh, that was not very convincing. All right, let me try that again. Maybe the mic wasn't on. Maybe you didn't hear me. Are you ready for the word this morning? Okay. Oh, okay. I thought, I, thought that, I thought that was probably the microphone, not you. All right. Take your Bible and turn to the book of Psalms, chapter 55. Now, we're going to go through a few scriptures this morning, but what we've been talking about is the reality that Jesus Christ brought to the earth concerning our relationship to God Almighty. Hallelujah. Now, we as, uh, as Gentiles, as one, one scripture calls us pagans, Jesus called us dogs. 
which means that we were uh, on the out, not, not like that's my dog. <laughs> not that. He was actually calling this, this lady that was begging at his feet a dog. She was on the outside and she didn't have any right, see, to what the Israelites had a right to. The children of God had rights because they were in covenant with Almighty God through Father Abraham. And I am so grateful that Jesus came and made a way for all of us to come into a relationship with God. And we were outside, we were so far from God, and that God dealt with one people at that time. But now through Christ, he opens his arms to all men and says, all are welcome by the blood of Jesus John the Baptist said it like this, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. And that once-for-all sacrifice didn't just cover sin as the blood of bulls and goats did at one time just to appease God's wrath, but it actually took our sins out of the way. It washed us. And the Bible teaches that that we who are on the outside were brought near by that blood. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We couldn't work our way into it. We couldn't keep the law good enough. We could, the law didn't even apply to us. We had to, get, we had to be pulled into this by God's grace and love. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So what we've been talking about is what's sad to me is to see the church today living like they living like they living and they were in the Old Testament outside of a mediator called Jesus uh, he's our mediator. The Bible says that there is, there is that man, Christ Jesus, who is mediating between us and God. Hallelujah. And it's his blood that speaks on our behalf. But there was a time that that wasn't the case. And so men had to step in that role as best they could. Moses, you know, one of the greatest, if the greatest leader in the Old Testament. And he was the mediator for Israel. But how many of you know Moses wasn't perfect? As a matter of fact, he didn't even get to go into the promised land because of what he did. But but there, so all of us have fallen short, but Jesus was perfect. And so Jesus then could make us right because he was right. And um, <clears throat> what, what, I, I don't, what we've been talking about in the New Testament today, that Jesus Christ made a new and living way. Can I get a good amen today? A new and living way. All things have been made new. We've, we've received a better covenant established on better promises. Hallelujah. That is backed by the blood of Jesus. And so now today, we can have confidence in him and receive all that God has for us in this covenant. So we talked about the problems in the church today that act like Jesus didn't ever come. They act like he didn't really make the difference. And so people were tithing and, uh, uh, and some of the, some, even today, preachers are hammering people with the law concerning tithing and offerings. It's, it's, just, it's just wrong. Rather than we don't pay our tithes today, we do like Abraham did when Melchizedek showed up out there in the Valley of Kings. It said he gave a tithe. So we freely do that. Hallelujah. We freely do that. We're, we're not bound to pay tithes. We're free to give tithes. Hallelujah. Free to, free. And so we talked about that extensively, and I don't have time to go into all that. And then we also talked about the presence of God, how the presence of God was in a little box called the Ark of the Covenant. It was in that box, and it was behind the second veil, in a box, in a room, far from in. And only one guy could go into that room, and there's 
there's a very good possibility that he would die just by the exposure to that holiness that was in the room, or as the scripture calls it, the most holy place, the holy of holies, all right? Priests could go behind one, the first veil, but only the high priest could go once a year, not without blood, into behind that second veil and pour that blood over that mercy seat to atone for the sins of Israel. But there were times they didn't even live through that experience. Not only did he atone for the sins of Israel, but he also had to atone for his own sins. And so it would satisfy God's wrath for a year. And so that's where his presence was. But praise be to God, his presence isn't in certain places and sacred spots here and there. Now he lives in us. Hallelujah. See, the moment Jesus Christ said, it is finished, God took that veil and ripped it from top to bottom, the Bible teaches us, and he moved out of that box. Hallelujah. He moved out of that place and into the hearts of those who will put their faith in him, made pure and holy by the blood of Jesus Christ. And now he is a very present help in time of need. He is that ever presence, ever presence right there, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. And then we talked about the anointing too. Have there been a lot of funny and funky ideas about the anointing? But the scripture teaches us because of what Jesus did, we have an anointing now that abides. It's there on call. You can be in it every day. Hallelujah. Just flowing, letting the anointing, which is the power of the Holy Spirit at work in your life. Today, we're going to look at prayer. Prayer. There are a lot of funny ideas about prayer, too, and we got to get just some funky thinking out, all right? I want to help you to think right concerning this, because prayer is our communication with God. Not only is it our communication with Him, but it's also His communication back to us, all right? It's not just one way. And when you think of Christians, you think of prayer. I mean, we as Christians should be people of prayer, duh, right? But there's a lot of this this pre-Christ thinking concerning prayer. One being that many people in church today, and I was raised <laughs> in a little Pentecostal church that, that and I, I'm, like I told the earlier service, I'm grateful for my Pentecostal upbringing, but not all of it. For the most part, I am, because I, I, was, I was exposed to the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, you know, saw wonderful things. But there's some, there's some things also that were just not scriptural, yeah. Right? And one of those things I tended to find was that, that, that there was a, when people approached God, they felt like they needed to beg him and to plead with him. Yeah. Begging God and pleading with God. And if we could just say it in our best King James vernacular, then God truly will hear us. If we get all of our these and thous right, then we can, then we can approach God in the right way like they spoke old English then, right? But it's begging and pleading. And if I just beg enough and if I really show the Lord that I'm very sincere by all of my begging and my pleading and thrashing around on the floor and crying and doing all that I can to get God's attention, then maybe, maybe he'll hear from heaven and maybe he'll help me here. Right? Right? I mean, it was funny because we, when we'd get in a prayer circle or something, we'd pray. It was like the whole tone changed in the room. Everybody, hi, Bill. Hi, John. Hi, Kathy. How you doing? God bless. I'm glad to have everybody's here at church tonight. All right, let's pray. Oh, 
God. Oh, we come before you. Oh, God, we don't know why you love us so much. Oh, we're so unworthy. What just happened? Where did you get that? Just If I just wail and I fight, if I get the right vibrato, then it'll, it'll sound right. God will go, ooh, I like that vibrato. That's, that's better than what Elvis could do. And we're just st- striving, striving to be heard from God by our gyrations and noises and our snot and tears and just whatever it would take. Uh-huh. But you know, it's sad. People think, they think many times that's what God expects from them. Many people think that you only pray when you are desperate. That way you don't bother God too often. Just when you get in a real bind, you've really messed it up and it's time to look up now. Okay, God, now I need you. Or some of you might have been raised this way that prayer was a form of punishment for you. Right? Okay, well, this is the level of your crime. This is how many times you're going to have to say this prayer over and over again. All right? And if you say it 10, 20, 30, I don't know, depends on the degree of your crime, your transgression. And if you'll say all of those things, then you'll be absolved of your sins. And so because you did something, you had to pray now. Some people think that they need to be in a certain place to pray, right? That God's got these direct lines, these lightning bolts from heaven, right? If you just get right in the right spot, oh, there it is. There's my place of prayer out here by the oak tree. So sacred and it's in this city, it's in this building, it's, it's in this certain room in my house. This is where, this is where the anointing. This is where me and God meet right here. It's sacred. Hey, listen. Hey, that's, that ain't nothing but mysticism. That's all that is. That's not even close to scriptural. Mm. See, we get funny, don't we? God just wants us to talk to him. So we just start trying at our best. Rather than just approaching him like he teaches us to approach him, we, we, tr- we try to do it with, through self religion, self-reliance. And I'm just going to say we look stupid if we do that. Or you might have been raised to think that you had to be in a certain body position to pray, right? That the humble prayer is the one on the knees, right? That's the real, now, now you're in the position for God to hear you, oh, holy one, all right? What about the guy that doesn't have any legs? <laughs> what if you're in traffic? <laughs> Sorry, I, I can't even talk to him. I'm not on my knees. I'm in my car. What am I going to do? <sighs> or this. Huh? If I can just get the most humble look and 
Mm. <laughs> you see this, right, God? Yeah. Or your prayer could have just been making deals with God. You know, when you get in that bad spot, you God, if you will, I will. If you'll get me out of it this time, right? You heard me tell this before about the guy who's looking for the parking spot, the grocery store, raining outside, parking lot was jam-packed, so he started making a deal with God. The wife had seen him there in the first place, didn't even want to go, driving around. <sighs> All right, God, I'll make a deal with you. If you get me a parking spot right in front of the grocery store, I'll quit smoking, I'll quit drinking, Right in front of the, and right as he was just finishing that prayer, lo and behold, he's right behind a car that's backing out of the front parking spot where he's, whereas he said, never mind, Lord, I found one. <laughs> Make deal. How many of you here have made deals with God? Come on. There ought to be more than that many hands up. Huh? Be lying in church. All right. I've made lots of deals with God. And can I just be honest? With, oh, I should be honest. I am standing up here <laughs> preaching the word of God. That I never kept my end of the deal. God knew I was lying the moment I started making that deal. God knew you were lying too. Don't act like you, you fulfilled it either. <laughs> oh, I'll quit smoking. Chunked them right out the window. And after you made the deal, drove right down to the grocery store and got a new pack of cigarettes, right? Yeah. As soon as you found out that everything was okay, oh, okay. oh well, I, all right. Uh, Right? But you know what's interesting about that? I broke all the deals, but God kept his end of it every time. He's faithful. And the scripture says that he's faithful even though we are faithless. He remains faithful. Aren't you grateful for a God who is faithful? Aren't you grateful for God who does not break his deal, who does not break his promise, who is going to stick to his word no matter what? Hallelujah. Why don't you give God praise for that right now? Hallelujah. He loves you. So why? What is this? What is prayer then? What is this prayer about? What's the point of it? Well, it is God's invitation for us to come and have fellowship with him. I like the way E.W. Kenyon said it. He said, prayer is our voice of faith to our Father. And can I say this to you today? And I think, I, I don't know, I'm, I, I don't know if I told you in the beginning, I'm probably going to mess with some of you today a little bit in your prayer life. And I, I'm going to feel real bad about that. Because I want you praying effective prayers, not Garth Brook prayers. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. <laughs> all right? Now, now, I love Garth Brooks. He's an Okie. Can't be all that bad. I lost you there, I know. All right. This idea of praying in your head. Y'all got so quiet on me. Praying in your head. Or this. Pastor, I got a prayer request. It's unspoken. <laughs> unspoken? How do you do that? How am I supposed to speak... 
an unspoken request. I remember as a kid all the time. Had people praying. Who, who has prayer? Oh, my grandmother, she needs help. And you'd have about three or four people go, unspoken. Thank you. Whatever, what does that mean? Thank you for just yelling out random things in the room. <laughs> Unspoken. So, but the scripture does not teach us that we pray in our heads and that we have unspoken right. prayer requests. <sighs> that was invented by dummies. All right. <laughs> Psalm 55, 17. Let's look at what the scripture says. Can we do that? Evening and morning and at noon. That's a lot throughout the day. I will pray and cry, how? Aloud. Aloud. He shall hear my head. He shall hear my head or my what? Does your head have a voice? It's not a trick question. (laughs) No is the answer. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Psalm 66, 19. But certainly God has heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Now, I'm only giving you a few scriptures here. There are lots of scriptures that say this. Hebrews 13, 15 says, therefore by him let us continue to offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our what? Our heads. No, our lips. Giving thanks to his name. Prayer is our, is of our voice of faith. All right? It must be spoken. It must be declared. It must be decreed. All right? Now, Prayer is God's invitation to come and fellowship with him. Now, I want to give you real quick, all right? Don't get nervous because I say that I'm going to teach you five quick things, all right? Prayer is not a, let me just say this. Prayer is not a slavish duty, ladies and gentlemen. It's a privilege that we have as the children of God, all right? Because if you see it like that, I can remember a time when I was, and some of you might remember this era when it was important to pray for one hour, and that hour had to start at 6 a.m., Anybody here know what I'm talking about? As a kid, I remember we were going to church Monday through Friday. My parents would get us up early enough to get us to early morning prayer, 6 a.m., and they'd pray for an hour. And I just have to say, I'm not too sure who was more glad for that to be over with, them or God. Because if you hold yourself to that kind of thing, then it just becomes this duty Okay, I'm going to go through. Don't you know, like God can't sense your frustration and your hatred and and your just empty words rather than this communion communion with him. Amen. Now, we're going to get to that in just a moment. But faith, number one, the number one New Testament reality about our prayer life today, ladies and gentlemen, is our prayer is governed by faith. Faith makes prayer work. Prayer does not make faith work. Faith makes prayer. Just like your, your giving is affected by your faith. Just like your confession is affected by your faith. Just like the way you treat others is affected by how you believe. Amen. How you live your life. The just shall live how? By faith. So our prayer works. And Jesus teaches us in Mark chapter 11, verse 22. You probably guess I would go there at some point in this message. But verse 22, verse 11, 20, Mark eleven twenty two. he said, have faith in who? God. All right, that's foundation to your prayer right there. Have faith in God. And everything about your prayer life is built on that truth. All right, have faith in God. And then he says something really crazy. I mean, in my natural mind, it's hard for me. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain. Now, he didn't say 
if Peter says to this mountain or Paul says to this mountain, he said, whoever. Now, I'm looking at a bunch of whoever's today. That's you. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he'll have whatever he said. Notice that faith is the issue here, right? Have faith in God, believe that those things will be done. And then verse 24 says, therefore, whatever things you what? Ask or desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. All right? Now, I was telling the early service this, and we were in New York, uh, day two, I believe it was, or day three, somewhere along there, uh, the, the, it, it was raining, and we had rain in the forecast for all day long. That's not easy to do when you're out there doing what you're doing, right? You want, you want nice weather for that. So when we got in the bus, this guy named Josiah, one of the leaders there, he said, now guys, we need to pray, and I don't want those wimpy prayers. We need to tell this rain to go away. We need to pray like Joshua did when he said, son, stand still. Let's, let's get this done because our God loves us. He knows that we have ministry to do. We need to tell this rain to go away. And we did. We didn't pray those wimpy. Oh, if it be thy will. We said, rain, rain, go away. Come again some other day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And it was that simple. And we got there. Did it happen, Katie? The clouds broke open and the sun started shining in. And it stayed that way the rest of the day. The next day, there's rain in the forecast again. And it's real over, uh, overcast. And so the, next, the other guy we had was Lance, our leader. And he said, Lord, don't let it rain till we're done. And you know what? We were there for four hours ministering. And we packed up everything in those vans. And the moment we started driving away, the rain started hitting the windshield on the van. See, you believe you receive them, and you shall have them. We just put it to work. Jesus, if you say that, then that means that if I just believe what you say, then I can have what you say. Amen. Amen. So it's not just about praying. That's not going to get it done. It's believing when you pray. Believe you receive. Remember, it's not just about making the, the petition. It's also receiving the answer. Number two. Number one is, our prayer is governed by faith. Number two, we pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Now, this is an extraordinary truth for us today. Jesus said in John 16, 23, in that day, that is the day that I'm gone, I'm, res- I'm ascended to the Father, in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. See, as long as Jesus was here, they had him right there. But see, what Jesus did, he didn't, he, he saved us from our sin, but by doing so, he qualified us by his blood to become like him. That is, children of God, just like he was the son of God. At one point, the only begotten son of God, as John 3, 16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, but he's not the only begotten son of God now. Now the Bible says he's the firstborn among many brethren. Hallelujah. I'm looking at a room full of sons of God if your faith is in Christ. Amen. Amen. You're all sons of God through him. Glory to God. So we all then We've all been elevated to the same kind of relationship that Jesus has with his Father. Wow. He made us like him. 
He gave us his nature. We've become the righteousness of God in Christ, a new creation, born all over again into the family of God. And now we have free access. As a matter of fact, we, the Bible says to come boldly. We have to have bold access before the throne of grace. That's what's acceptable to our Father. Now we can come on to him in that name. Hallelujah, the name that is above every name. So I want you to know that you've been elevated to a son relationship with your heavenly father not just great god out there in the cosmos somewhere hopefully you hear me down here no you are a child of god you have a right to what your father has for you in his house his house is your house amen my son dylan is 11 years old he is the baby of our family our two older daughters use that to their advantage from time to time as they, Dylan has come into the room before and said, Dad, and he's asked me for something I know he cares nothing about. But I know that either Maddie or Laurel do care about. So they've sent little brother in proxy, hoping that I'll say yes to him and grant their requests. So he comes in there and he asks me something. I was like, That's kind of out of character. Who sent you, son? Who sent you this time? Oh, Maddie or, Matt or Laurel. But what I want Maddie and Laura to understand is they all have the same access to me. They all have a relationship with me as their father. They don't have to speak through Dylan to get to me. Hallelujah. They can come right to me. Your heavenly father, you can come right to him because of what Jesus did. You, don't need, you go through Jesus, that is through the name of Jesus. But he said, hey, I'm taking you all the way to him. No man comes to the father but how? By me. Hallelujah. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He is that way to the father. Amen. God's not withholding anything from you because if he gave you Jesus, he'll freely give you anything. And nowhere in Scripture are we to pray to Jesus' mom. Nowhere in Scripture are we to pray to Jude, to Galatians. Was that a guy? No, I was just... Was just. <laughs> to our dead relatives. Hmm. If you're doing that kind of stuff... I don't want to tell you, you need to quit that because you're not talking to your grandma. Those are called familiar spirits. All right? And they are evil. Talk to your father. Accept what Jesus has done for you. Shine everything else. Number three. Do, do me a favor right quick because I, I just need you to do this. Just hug me from where you are. Yeah, okay. All right. I feel like we're in, in love again. All right. Number three, New Testament reality is that we pray our desires. Notice what Jesus said. Whatever things you ask, or whatever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. The great Ronald Reagan was a young boy, and every year, he got to go to a shoe cobbler and get new shoes. This year he went, and the cobbler asked him a simple question, round toe or square toe, Ronnie? Little Ronnie Reagan could not make a decision. So he didn't make a decision. He left it to the cobbler. And three weeks later, he went to pick up his shoes, one round toe and one square toe. <laughs> God wants you to tell him what you want, all right? He longs to fulfill the desires. As a matter of fact, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you, he will grant you 
the desires of your heart. Hallelujah. I like, it's a really a double meaning. He gives you desire and he gives you your desire. Amen. Hallelujah. He longs to fulfill your dreams because he's the one to put the dreams inside you. Hallelujah. He's interested in what you desire. So listen, if you don't ask, you can't receive it. Jesus said, ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. Hallelujah. Number four, we're almost done. We pray according to the word. This is our reality today in the New Testament. In this new covenant by the blood of Jesus, we pray according to the word. That is, you can also replace word with will. According to the will of God. As a matter of fact, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to remind you today, all the confidence you have with God is in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right. All right? That's why you can come boldly. That's why you can have confidence because of him. Yeah. Amen. That we have in him. If we ask anything, how? According to his will or his word, one and the same, he hears us. Now check this out. This gets even better. All right. How many of you know it's cool? It's really cool that God can hear you when you pray. Yes. Right, come on. Let me have a show of hands. I mean, that is an awesome reality that you can speak here from this planet, right? And God Almighty, the creator of the universe, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? That same God can hear you pray. Wow. But look at the next verse. It even gets better. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked for of him. Ooh. Now, that sounds to me like that just said, if God hears you, he answers you. Yes. If he hears you, he answers you. And he hears us. When we say what he has said. That's why it's important to pray the word of God. Not pray all the time how you feel. It's not so bad to pray how you feel. All right. And to talk to God. on Just don't talk to him just on those terms. Talk to him by faith. Believe God. All right. Amen. It ain't, this ain't just about some emotional relationship with him. There are actual. There's substance. That was powerful, wasn't it? There's substance in your prayer because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So how do we get God to hear us? We got to pray according to his word. That's why we can have the audacity to say, by his stripes I'm healed. Not because that's something I made up, because God said it. And if he said it, then that means that's his will. See, the moment you say, Lord, if it be your will, is that really, is that when it becomes God's will? Oh, no, no, no. Well, Pastor Eric, how can anybody really know what the will of God is? Can somebody really know? Can you really know? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because if, if, if there's a question about that, then it's not fair that he gave us Ephesians 5.16. If we can't really know, then he's commanded something of us that's too much. That's too big for us. Ephesians 5, 17 says, do not be unwise, but what? Read this real loud, everybody. But understand what the will of the Lord is. So, if he's telling us to understand what his will is, then that means that we can do it. Yep. He's given us the ability. How? Well, how can we know? Because his word, that Bible in your lap, is his will. Get to know his word, and you will get to know his will. 
I hope that wasn't too terribly simple for some of you so highly educated in this room. (laughs) Number five, the truth is, in this day and time, we don't just have an hour of prayer. That's not bad. But according to this, the scriptures that we're going to look at, we pray all the time. We stay in prayer. That doesn't mean that you quit your job, quit raising your kids, Stop eating and go somewhere and just pray all the time, all right? This is talking about just being in prayer all the time. You know. You know when you're communing with God, when you're stealing those moments throughout the day to pray in the Spirit, to just lift your hand and say, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness. Hmm? Just always be ready to pray. Huh? See that ambulance go by, that fire truck? Thank you, God, for being in that situation right there. Thank you for helping those guys. Whoever they're bringing aid to, thank you for bringing life. Hmm? Just always being ready to pray all the time. All right? Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Now, what's the point of giving God thanks as you're asking him? Hmm. That sounds like that you can actually expect it to be done. What the, what the heck is the point of giving thanks if some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers? Huh? No. We, when he hears us, we know he answers us so we can thank him in advance. Thank you, it's done. And that is a great, great, great sign of your faith, a demonstration of your faith. Now, 1 Timothy 2.8 says, I desire, therefore, that men pray everywhere. See, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't have to be this certain place. Paul says everywhere is sacred to pray. All right? Then he spoke a parable to them, Luke 18, 1, that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. And the last one, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, says rejoice always. Pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Hallelujah. So whether you're praying in the spirit or whether you're praising God, singing a song to him, just being, that, that's, that's, that's all prayer, communion with God. Yes. All right? Singing to, the, singing to the Lord, a new song. Sing a song that you know too. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the understanding. Sing in the spirit. Sing in the understanding. Paul says use every way that you can to commune with God. Hallelujah. And take advantage of it. Amen. See, that is your power right there. When, when God's people are praying, hallelujah, then that gives this world the potential to see God's grace in the earth, God's power demonstrated in the earth. And we can be just like Jesus when he stood at that impossible place called the tomb of Lazarus, four days dead. There was no begging God at that moment. Oh, God, please come through for me. I mean, I've said I'm the son of God, but I need you to back me here. I need you to show up. Seven come 11. All right, no. Now, what did Jesus say? He said, Father, I thank you that you hear me always when I pray. Yes. It's that simple. Lazarus, come forth. Awesome. Hmm? You have that same spirit in you. Yes. The very same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you for this moment right now that we've come to. Lord, we've come to a place, we've learned some things. We've learned some things about ourselves and learned some things about you and what the scripture teaches us concerning 
our relationship with you and how we talk to you and how we commune. God, what a beautiful thing it is that we can open our mouths and freely speak to our living God with this confidence put in Jesus that there's no fear, there's no trepidation, there's no anxiety in this relationship because there's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out all fear. We can come before you unashamed. We can come before you, Lord, with no condemnation because you, you have made this new and living way for us. Ladies and gentlemen, with every head bowed for just a moment, I ask you today, if you're here today, you say, Pastor Eric, I, I don't even have a relationship with God. I've never given my heart to him. I've never surrendered my heart. I've never accepted what Jesus did for me. That he died for my sins. I've heard it. I've heard for God so loved the world, but I've never accepted him for me. Today I want to surrender my life to him. Ladies and gentlemen, the greatest news in the world that came to us was this, that Christ Jesus died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again the third day. And whoever believes in him will not die, not perish, that is, perish eternally, but have everlasting life. It's this simple. See, God gives you grace today. You can't earn it. None of us could earn it, but he gives it. That's what grace is. It's unearned. It's unmerited, undeserved. He gives it to you freely. And all he asks you to do, all he requires of you today is to believe. And some of you, your hearts are crying out today for this. You're crying out for a relationship with God. You're crying out for that new life that Jesus came to give you. Just lift your hand with me right now where you are and say, Pastor, I want that. I want that. I want assurance with God. I'm tired of not knowing. I'm tired of uncertainty. I want to know. Amen. Thank you. Anybody? Just raise your hand where you are right now. You want to know. You want that assurance. Thank you. Yeah, good. You just need that assurance that you're not on the outside. You want to be on the inside. You want to be in the family of God. Now, there are those of you here today, and you're hearing new things about prayer. You've, you, you're, your understanding has, has broadened today concerning how you talk to God. And today, I just want you, just by raising your hand, say, Pastor Eric, pray for me. Pray for me that I'll, that I'll do this. I'll do this right. When I talk to God, I want to do it like he asked me to. I want to believe him. I want to, when I approach him, I want it to be real to me. I don't want to just say words because I know it's supposed to be done because I'm a Christian. I, I want this realness in my relationship. And when I go to prayer, I want to know that I'm talking to him and that he's hearing me and that he's answering me. Amen. Thank you. Let's all just pray together. If you would just pray this with me. God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I receive Christ's free gift of salvation. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins. I believe he was buried. And I believe he rose again three days later. I surrender my life to you. Take all of me. I confess Jesus is Lord. Father, help me when I pray. Teach me. Your spirit is in me. Guide me. Show me. I'm yours. I want what you want. Just like you want to commune with me, so I want to commune with you. 
Make this real to me. Reveal yourself to me. I'm hungry for you. I'm hungry for more of you. A greater understanding. Give me wisdom. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's stand together as we get ready to get out of here today. I want to say thank you so much for being here with us. I love you guys very much. So glad to be home. Don't forget, tonight, 6 o'clock, Dwayne Sheriff is going to be here. My goodness, he came last year and rocked this place, all right? We do once a month Sunday night service, the first Sunday night. Well, it's not always a service, but tonight we are. It's the first Sunday night of the month, and we're going to have him here. He's from Victory Life in Durant, Oklahoma. And uh, you, you want to hear what this man has to say. It's, he's got a powerful ministry. Be here at 6 o'clock, and let's rock and roll for Jesus tonight, huh? All right, Pastor Brandon, come and dismiss our family this morning. See you. Always good to see your face. We're glad you're here. For those of you who are with us for the first time, thank you for coming. Please come back and allow us to share some life with you and get to know each other. Uh, I promise that your life will be enriched. And for those of you who are here and you always come, God bless you. You guys are part of the family and we're happy to have you. The Bible says that those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of their God. Those who are planted will flourish. Be planted here. Allow the, the, the life of God to flow through you and to bless your life. Thank you for coming. God, Father, thank you for all that you do for us, Lord. Always your thoughts toward us that are always kind and always good. Always looking for how you can bless us more. Always looking for an opportunity to get something into our life, God, for the purpose of blessing others and living this abundant life that you paid for. We thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for your favor that surrounds your people now. In everything they do, they are blessed. Everywhere they go, they are blessed. They bump into blessing on every corner, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that no weapon that's formed against them will prosper, not in a million years. Your word says that you created the weapon. You created the, the person who created the weapon that would be formed against us anyway. So there's no way it could possibly work, Lord. You are in control of all things, Lord, and we love you. We thank you. We submit our lives to you, God. And I thank you for your blessing now upon your people. Prosperity in their homes, peace in their hearts, peace on their jobs, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that if you are able, we are able. And we go out of here victorious, Lord, winning anyway. No matter what comes against us, we will always win. We are always victorious because of you. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 930 or 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Go to onecausechurch.com for locations and events. You can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at One Cause Church.